and welcome to another episode of What's on the Pile. I'm Nathan Besner, and joining me is Shane Lee. Hey, what's up? Jane Belcastro. Hiya. Matt Wagner. Hey, it's Wagner. And Jenner. And Jenner. <laughs> this week we'll be discussing the world of Guillermo del Toro in his latest film, Nightmare Alley, starring Bradley Cooper and Rooney Mara and a bunch of other awesome people. Uh, Mary Steenburgen shows up. It's a great yeah. cast. <laughs> yeah. For like two scenes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the film is about Stanton Carlisle, played by Bradley Cooper, finding his way into employment with a big top group of traveling entertainers where he meets Molly, played by Rooney Mara. Carlisle begins showing interest in swindling people with a mesmerism act and that lines his pockets and boosts his ego. Enter the femme fatale, Kate Blanchett, as Dr. Lilith Ritter, and things start to get interesting. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Guillermo del, Tor- del Toro first uh, at his films a-, a bit. Do any of you have a favorite del Toro film? Pan's Labyrinth. Yep, Pan's Labyrinth for me too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, I I got to see that one uh, during its theatrical run, which was great fun seeing a generally popular film in Spanish with subtitles. Yep. And uh, still just just blew me away from line one. And uh, yeah, really, I I've only revisited it a couple of times, but in my impression of it, that is pretty much a perfect film. I don't I don't think I could offer anything that would improve it and take away anything that would improve it. I, I just love that movie pretty much front to back. So, so what do you think, Matt? Magic real or no? Um, magic. But, it's a um, movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I think Del Toro himself it's said... ambiguous. No, but there's, there's people who insist that it's not real. I think Del Toro himself said the door she uses at the end proves that it's magic. There's no way yeah. she could have physically gotten from one location to the other if it weren't real. So I, I firmly believe it's real. I mean, also, there's the, the romantic in me that likes to think mm-hmm. that she does go to another place and after all that suffering and stuff like that. Hopefully no one here has not seen it. We're kind of spoiling Oh, it. I don't remember it. Don't worry about <laughs> okay. it. I, I've seen uh, it. I remember y- disliking the ending myself. Uh, I really? think just because, oh. well, yeah, a little girl dies, essentially. Yeah. Um it's it's not it is ambiguous yes but uh it still happens and uh that always one, one way or another whether literally or or yeah exactly yeah, i i found it i found it to be a haunting film and very affecting so uh uh that's those are both good points toward the film and it's a beautiful film mm-hmm. i just got so mad at that ending <laughs> yeah i mean the the war stuff is you know the most harrowing part of the movie i think that's scarier than you know the pale man and stuff like that like the the real life stuff that's going on there yeah, and I, and I I think it's also extremely instructive in that um, it forms a beautiful pairing with uh, Devil's Backbone, in that they are both pretty much the same story, except the Devil's Backbone is a story for boys, and Pan's Labyrinth is a story for girls. I can absolutely see that. There's yeah. another mm-hmm. pairing that works really well too on Criterion Channel. It's a movie called Spirit of the Beehive. Another, mm. it's also by a Spanish filmmaker, and Del Toro himself has a segment on the streaming service talking about how that was really influential to him it's a very hmm. not similar it, it has a similar like sort of like magic stuff it's also set during you know franco times um very highly recommended if you guys have a chance to watch it okay. i can't remember who the filmmaker is but it's called spirit of the beehive what is it you said it's magic realism or it's kind can you give of... us a general outline <laughs> it's it's another like sort of precocious girl during wartime and okay. she believes that she's communicating with spirits. I, it's been like three years since I watched it. but it, That's it's, one it's, of those ones that's been on my list for a long time. I've, I've never actually gotten around to it, but uh, it's it's on my radar. Mm. I yeah, hadn't heard of I would it, recommend so it. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah I, I, think I, I think I randomly found it on Criterion Channel and just watched it and then saw that Del Toro loved it too. And You could really see the influence there, so highly and, recommend and it. And it goes on the pile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of Devil's Backbone, that's my favorite Del Toro movie. Mm-hmm. I, I love that one so much, uh, which is interesting that it's kind of the boy's version, and I and I like that version. Well, Maybe because yeah. I'm a little boy myself. Well, it's, you know, boys boys want ghosts, and girls want pawns, and, you know, Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Guillermo's own little version of Mr. Tumnus, and uh, instead... In Devil's Backbone, you get a haunting specter that is first terrifying and then is your friend and wanders around with you. I love that. So, and I love mm-hmm. the effects in that film. They're so, so well done. Just really, really beautifully done. I actually, I kind of yeah. tried to model uh, 
one of my short films that we all worked on together, uh, 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 Exit Interview. I tried Starring to Matt one. Wagner. Starring Matt <laughs> Wagner. And, <laughs> and Andy Jenner. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, less starring. (laughs) I don't know. You get the biggest laugh. It was a wonderful cameo. (laughs) I had one line. It was a great line. (laughs) And a wonderful hangdog expression. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think you, Nate, you sent Matt and I out to get art supplies because that was the prop Mm -hmm. we had to use. And yep. Art watercolors. This is hilarious. <laughs> Can I bring my watercolors? Just yeah. no. <laughs> uh, it worked better uh, when I had more hair. <laughs> well, yeah. But, no, I mean, it, it can't be overstated how utterly marvelous the Criterion box set of uh, Pan's Labyrinth and The Devil's Backbone and Kronos is. Mm-hmm. I want. To say that Kronos is uh, is my favorite Del Toro movie, I'm basic. It's Pacific Rim. I, ain't I know. <laughs> I was, oh yeah, I was just totally about to say that. Fine. Well, I, I haven't seen all Kronos. the Hellboys are really cr- great though too. Hell, Hellboy no, two is too. way the hell up there as well. I actually like Hellboy two a lot more than the first one. Really, but, uh, I, I like I'm, them both. Whatever, uh, but I, yeah, Pacific yeah. Rim. <laughs> no love for Blade. Which, which which one did he do? Blade two. Blade yeah, Two was pretty too. good, but it, that yeah, was around. Too, I, too. I mean, I also really uh, tremendously like Mimic. I've liked or loved every movie that the guy has made. I think my number three after Hellboy Two probably would be Crimson Peak. Mm. Um, yeah, that's high, that high, high, high on my list. I just love that one. I'm I'm actually going to differ a little bit, and I know this is not a popular opinion, but I actually don't like Hellboy Two, and I really liked Hellboy One, mm-hmm. and I I it would be sitting down to go through parts of it to sort of explicate why I don't particularly like it. I think it was just, I think it was too blunt in its messaging. Uh, but at the same time, I love Pacific Rim, which is blunt as hell. So I, yeah. that, that doesn't make a lot of sense consistently from movie to movie, but it may be just that I'm a big fan of Hellboy, the original comics, and yeah. I still follow them. There are still Hellboy comics coming out every month or so. I still follow all of them and love them to pieces. And I thought that Hellboy 2, by turning into the Shrek 3 of the Hellboy series, <laughs> where Shrek has anxieties about having a kid, um, sort of did Hellboy a disservice by reducing him from, from his character in the comics to a much more basic figure. But that might just be me being overly precious with a, a beloved property. Do you guys remember when well, Hellboy I mean, came? Re- I was just going to say, you, re- you react to the movie the way that you react. Mm-hmm. Your, re- your reaction is inherently legitimate just because it's yours, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all formed by our experiences and likes and mm-hmm. dislikes, so. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys remember when Hellboy first came out in theaters? There was a, I wouldn't say fiasco, but a minor thing where they were still using reels back then. I think they were mostly showing films on film. There's a scene near the end of a reel that cuts to black for a very long time. And so projectionists thought it was over, so they would switch to the next reel. So a lot of screenings, they left out like a five-minute scene. And appa- wow. apparently that wow. scene... Apparently, I, I, mi- I missed that. Uh, yeah. Apparently a few things don't make sense if you don't have that scene. I, don't, <laughs> I haven't seen the movie in a long time. I don't remember what the scene was, but I, just, I remember hearing about this. thought well, it was I mean, kind of th- funny. Th- this is why very often... Uh, Something that I've been uh, privy to in a couple of instances just because uh, because our friend Ty was a projectionist for a very long time, was occasionally getting a look at the you know directors or the autorial projectionist instructions uh, that uh, they occasionally received. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I never saw one for Hellboy. I think that was before Ty's time, but still. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's a good idea, and it's a good idea for the projectionist to actually read the damn thing, I expect. Yeah. <laughs> You can put all the instructions you like, and if nobody reads them, it's not going to do anybody any good. Yeah, no, it's I sort still, of a lesson I, I, for my day job. But I still have a copy of uh, of uh, the one that was distributed with Prometheus, which is uh, uh, hidden inside the frame that I have for the poster for that. So I'm very proud of that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what what is your opinion of Kronos? Um, I like it especially as more than you expect it to be, because it, it's pretty much sold to you by the cover and by, by the concept as a straight-up vampire story, and it is definitely more than that. But there's still 
a little bit of looseness about it that I feel like Del Toro didn't have a complete grasp on his style or, or his approach. It that. was very assured for a debut, however. I first, yes. caught, I, I first caught it uh, on its original VHS release when it was still in rentals and was very, very impressed. I had that, you know, this Del Toro guy is going places moment. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't claim to be especially prescient most of the time. Mm-hmm. But he kind of cemented it for me a few years later when uh, he was introducing Mimic months before its actual theatrical uh, release at, I want to say, Dragon Con 1993. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, amongst other things, he was a very arresting speaker. And I forget his exact phrasing, but he had said that he was personally consecrated to the science fiction, fantasy, and horror genres. And that, you know, just hit me right in the, okay, this guy's <laughs> all right by me, especially when he name-dropped Val Luton when he was talking about <laughs> the thing. Mm. And uh, I, I know that uh, often uh, children in peril is a bugaboo, uh, uh, but uh, the, the sort of gleeful mercilessness of the one particular instance of children in peril in, uh, in that movie hit fairly effective. I, I guess it was 96, I think. Uh, it was, it, in any event, uh, it was uh, you know, months before Mimic came out, I had uh, the good fortune to see it, introduced by Teltor himself, liked the guy tremendously, uh, and uh, am, uh, you know, consistently gratified that uh, he's you know carved out his own sort of niche in cinema mm-hmm. yeah he's also a little bit of an actor um sort of one of my favorite video games of the past past 10 years is hideo kojima's death stranding where he does he plays a character named i think he plays dead man it's fully it's completely mocap it's it's him it's it's obviously him uh he doesn't voice it but it sounds like he, the, the person doing the voice has an accent has a very similar accent and uh, i mean there's not much to say about the performance it's it's very good i just i love the fact that kojima is such a big fan of his that he's like come be in my game i believe uh yeah. nicholas uh winding refin is also in the game really? it's just like it's just a game where it's just a game where nobody said no to kojima and he just he just puts in all the stuff he likes i think it's a masterpiece a lot of people just call it a walking simulator because 90 percent of it is just making deliveries on foot but it's <sighs> It's an amazing game. I I, I absolutely love it. I mean, I mean it. Kojima it, uh... comes calling. You pretty much, if you know who Kojima is at all, you answer the call and you do what he tells you to. Yeah, I, I believe Norman Reedus uh, got a call from Kojima, and someone just told him, "Take this call." And he's the he's the main star of the game. <laughs> I, my I, only I exposure. Just... Sorry, no, I... my only exposure to the game is uh, with a uh, Rick and Morty advertisement for it. But oh, uh, I haven't seen that. It's it's fairly amusing. Uh, them. It's it's too difficult to explain. Go ahead. Sorry. No, uh, Death Death Stranding's also a little bit of a fuck you to Konami in a way because <laughs> yeah. uh, Kojima and uh, and Norman Reedus and uh, Guillermo del Toro were all going to work on Silent Hills together. Uh, they yeah. did a uh, demo Ooh. called PT that uh, famously got removed from the Sony store, never to be heard from again. And if you have a download of it, then you're considered very special because it's scary as shit. It uh, is. Uh, yeah. I've seen walkthroughs. It's it's scary as shit. I, I think yeah. that's the game that, that Norman Reedus got the phone call for, and then he's like, "Let's do another one." Or Kojima was like, "Let's do another one where we're you're fully mocap, and we're gonna do a whole performance." And he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." And they ended up and, uh, making what's probably the greatest experimental video game of all time. Yeah, it's in my top five of all time. So. Yeah, and a lot of people hate it, which is just fine. Well, a lot of people <laughs> that hate makes art. it better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is a lot of walking. Special. Yeah, you're one of the elite that can actually appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, one of the things that I, that I love about Del Toro, to you know, eke it back in that direction <laughs> a little bit, uh, is uh, the way that he's sort of parlayed uh, his uh, his success and his influence in in horror in general to. Uh, as I understand, it's kind of act uh, to a great extent as a mentor for a lot of independent, particularly horror filmmakers, to the point where it's almost a running gag when we're watching uh, marginal or lesser known or independent horror movies uh, around this place, that sooner or later, you know, somewhere in the credits, usually somewhere in the special thanks, there's going to be a special thanks to Guillermo del Toro. It's just, it, it, it's like in seven out of ten independent horror movies that uh, were shot on something that resembles film. Well, <laughs> it's, it should also be noted that he seems to be jockeying for the position of taking um, the throne from Forey J. Ackerman <laughs> as the new filmic center. If you 
I, I didn't buy it. I should have bought it, but he had a picture book come out that was a collection of photographs of all of the film memorabilia that he has collected yeah. of all of the great universal monster movies and the like. And he has like great elaborate setups. I think he sent it on tour, didn't he? Yeah, or I know. He, he it... also, as I understand it, has a second house for his collection, which I have to just. <laughs> you can actually yeah. see a, you know, see envy. video of the house that in mm-hmm. question on YouTube somewhere. Just I guess search it, but I, I've seen it. It's amazing. It really exactly. Is. Yeah. It's like yeah. I, he's, impeccable he's taste. The, he's one of those. Uh, he's one of those directors where it took him a while to make a really great movie, and there's probably going to be a bit of uh, debate as to you know where that actually hit. But he's never made a bad movie. He's never made a movie that wasn't good, at least. Mm-hmm. I really I, didn't like Hellboy. Well, <laughs> I haven't seen Kronos okay. or Crimson Peak. Those are both on my list. Okay. Have you so. seen Crimson Peak? You said I, I'm sorry. I, didn't I, I, I have not. Are you asking oh. me, Jane? Uh, yeah, uh, it is very uh, scary, no. but it's beautiful. Well, at, at the risk of okay. uh, flash forwarding to our second half, where presumably we're going to be talking about the specific uh, film in discussion here, mm-hmm. I think that they kind of flubbed the advertising for Nightmare Alley, kind of in yeah. the same way that they sort of flubbed the advertising for Crimson Peak, which is mm-hmm. making it look like a straight horror movie, where in the case of Crimson Peak, it's more of a gothic with a horror or a supernatural element to it. And in the case of Nightmare Alley, it's more of a occasionally particularly grotesque, straight-up film noir. Yeah, I didn't see I any advertising say... for I... Nightmare Alley. None. Except for, I saw a poster at the theater, that's literally all i've ever seen of nightmare i knew nothing about it i actually wrote into the uh the intro to the second half of the show that um about that trailer and and how deceiving it was i hadn't i I watched it after the movie i i I wouldn't completely blind well well, the point is unless you were looking on youtube the day that it dropped or the the day that the trailer dropped you were going to miss it anyway i mean thank god that ty is so vigilant about all of this (laughs) stuff or i probably would have missed it itself and of course the the title itself leads you to expect i mean if you don't know the source on the thing leads you to expect something i'm getting ahead of ourselves but uh, Mm. it leads you to expect something a lot straighter horror oh no Uh uh-oh Well, we're having technical difficulties with Jenner now. He seems to have crashed. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Nope, he's back. Oh, he's oh, back, hello? kind of. Testing, testing. <laughs> we can hear you. We can hear you. Um, your I, your I, video I, is staggering a bit, but you yeah, know, I can still the audio see is staggering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. You're back. You're back. Some of those right. freeze frames were very funny. And uh... <laughs> Yep, all y'all watch the YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'd like to pivot a little bit uh, to, uh, to something that Shane came up with. Um, oh, we're going to do that now? Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it now because uh, I'm pretty excited to try it out. You want to take it away? Okay, so I've got a couple of quick games to play for you guys. So Uh-oh. this is going to be... The answers are all movies that we've done on the podcast. So, oh Matt, boy. you might be at a little bit of a disadvantage. Oh, boy. So oh, I will I've... be, too, because my memory is crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> what I've done for the first game is I've taken some one-star or two-star reviews from Amazon and IMDb. And I'm going to read some excerpts that I think are funny. And you oh guys boy. are going to try to guess what the movie is. <laughs> so, I guess. I guess so... my mother is a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> so, for this Good first movie. One. Okay. I'm going to start with some harder clues and try to <laughs> gradually get into the easier ones. All right. So here's a movie we've I, done on I the podcast. I like this idea. This sounds fun. I'm proud to be a part <laughs> of it. <laughs> all right. So first of all, I'm going to read this word for word, so it's not all going to make sense. Okay. So, so quote, now for the scenario, I haven't found anything comparable to Francois Truffaut or Woody Allen's movie, barely a small reference to Tarantino's works, and maybe a small, very small Tati influence. So that's the first clue. That, I'm going to say straight out, that's not going to help you. I think it's funny considering what the movie is. <laughs> Next review, I f- kind of feel like this was for the wrong movie, like maybe this person made a mistake, but you'll see why I left this in. Title of the review is Worst Horror Movie Ever. Seriously, it wasn't scary. It was the opposite of what a horror thriller is supposed to be. So I think that's for the wrong movie, but then the next review was pretty scary. We had to turn it off 15 minutes into it. Too much evil in it. <laughs> Too much evil? So, yeah, so any clues yet? I'm going to... Start going Warlock. to the, sort of the giveaway uh, um, one. <laughs> one cut of the dead. Warlock. No. I didn't know. All right. Here's one that might give it away. 
When we arrived, the place was jam-packed with what seemed like all adult men. It smelled very badly. I tried five more times to see the film in different theaters, but only three were airing it, and I kept running into a similar situation of foul-smelling theaters and unkept, unkempt adult men. <laughs> we Is haven't this an covered anime? the house. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Um, no I'm clues tr- yet? No. Um, I'm trying to think of movies. Little women. Said. No. <laughs> um... Jeez, I need to pull up the list of movies we've covered. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I've got got two more. These these might give it away. One is, even worse than the Emoji movie, a billion times worse than The Last Jedi could ever hope to be. Oh, wow. Wow. So this is a, it sounds like a kid's thing. It's a kid's thing, but it's a horror movie? Uh, well, see, I think the horror movie was My the Little wrong... Pony. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was My Little Pony. Wow. Good. It was filled with <laughs> men, sweaty, unkempt yep. men. Oh, oh bronies. Oh. oh. So oh, the worst horror the movie thing I ever, I think, was was the wrong. I thought it was maybe the wrong movie, but then the next review said pretty scary. We had to turn it off. Too much evil in it. <laughs> So, was the movie scary? I don't even remember the movie anymore, to was be honest. Was there evil in it? If I was five and I hadn't been traumatized by Unico and Unico on the Isle of Magic, I <laughs> might have thought it was scary. If I was five. Oh, Unico. There were many reviews saying it was oh, too scary for their kids. Oh, Unico will fuck you up. Don't yeah. I mean, you remember they were freezing you, all of you them. I'm not mocking. I love everything. Unico. Okay. Yeah, Unico's okay. great. We've yeah. seen you. Yeah, he showed me Unico. Yeah, early 80s unicorn movies will mess your ass <laughs> up. I, I have not say. shown Unico to my daughter yet. So. <laughs> we've we've got calluses to show that, that we had uh, really amazing children's films in our day. Like <laughs> emotional callousing. Oh yeah, no, early '80s shit will smear your soul on the damn floor. Watership <laughs> down. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do another one. <laughs> yeah, okay. that was fun. Ooh. All right, so here's one: the human drama was just too stupid and tedious to witness on the screen. <laughs> okay, and this one I'm, again, I'm reading this word for word. Very boring. Only hardcore new generation bent on destruction fans who aren't into character development will like this. Um, my favorite one is audio language English. It is not. I have fallen for this twice! Exclamation! Exclamation! <laughs> angry face. Is this the raid? No. Oh. Is... B- blank is in the movie maybe a total of ten minutes. Oh. This was hardly a memorable addition to the blank franchise for me. That one I think is hilarious. Oops. The blank and... franchise. Oh. This was hardly a memorable addition to this franchise. Babe two. <laughs> No. No. Um, and that's actually all I have for this movie. I thought the franchise thing might give it away. And Blank is in the movie for maybe a total of 10 minutes. Yeah, oh that's a God. big one. Uh, and this is something we've covered on this program. Yeah. <laughs> and Matt's I'm not point, coming up with it. As soon as Matt looks at the list, he's going to know what it is. Yeah. No, but go ahead. Probably not. Look at the list, man. Y'all cheat. Y'all cheat. Matt wasn't here for this episode, though. Oh, okay. I well, think. I have an excuse then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so look it up. So we'll know, and no one will feel bad. <laughs> yeah, look up, look up the list. Give us some... All right. All right. It's not in English. Be- it's not in English because this guy has fallen for it twice. He's bought the DVD with the wrong language twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a very special individual. All right. So yeah, wait, so the... 50 episodes here. And the human drama was lacking. It was oh. too stupid and tedious to witness on the screen. Last Airbender. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a remember franchise. This was hardly a memorable addition to the franchise, but which it, is hilarious. Mortal Kombat. No. Okay. <laughs> it's not in English. I'm looking at. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh. 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 <laughs> I mean, if you guys are all stuck, we can just. I can just tell you the answer, so we can. You're gonna oh, have to. I was gonna me. guess. Uh. Shit. <laughs> that uh i don't know that it, the the animated bear and uh oh what the oh, hell was that ernest and celestine, celestine. No, that wasn't part no. of a franchise well it, no. it was part From of a book, book series so that's why i thought somebody might call that a franchise in this day and age i'm All thinking right, outside guys, the okay. box okay you want the answer <laughs> 
You guys want the answer? Yes, yeah. please. It is Godzilla. Oh! Ah! Oh. God damn it. Oh. It's hardly a memorable addition to the Godzilla franchise. <laughs> which the I original, think of, Yeah, right? that's why it's funny. Wow. That's depressing. That wow. Entirely expected. I don't think my brain can think that way. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you don't consider the the film that originated a franchise as an addition to the franchise. That's, that's awesome. why it's great. Or that's I, why it's or, such or a great I would have review. Said the Exorcist, like five minutes ago, just flailing <laughs> around in the dark. Or the Omen. I that that's what I was looking at, but I'm like, no, they wouldn't say that about the first movie in a franchise. Yeah. But then well, I but realized we're dealing with. We, then I realized we're dealing with idiots on the internet. Yeah, these reviews are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so do you want to do a... Uh, so those are the the two I have for that game. Do you want to do the other game, or do you guys want to talk about something else? No, let's do the other game. I'm curious about okay. the, other, the game. other game. Okay, so yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to name a bunch of actors... or I'm, Sorry, I'm going to name a bunch of movies. Oh. One of our films has an actor from each one of these movies. Oh, I'm good at this sort of thing. So yeah, if I say... So, 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 so if I say... little did he realize. He's yeah, just so, a so, so if I say, like, Star Wars, you could be like, oh, Mark Hamill, Wizards, or something like that. So I'm going to name... A bunch of movies, and these all contain an actor oh, from boy. a movie we've done. All right, so like I'm going to go step removed from Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to say Seven Degrees then. So okay. I'm going to say the Lego Movie, Tombstone, Saving Private Ryan, and Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story. Oh. So Matt Damon, well, maybe? No. no. Have we really have don't. we done a Matt Damon movie? I don't think so. Um, Saving Private Ryan. I'll say. I'll, I will tell you. Saving Private Ryan is a little bit of a trick. A lot of people don't know this actor is in this movie. John C. Uh, Riley. I was thinking I was that at to... first, but no, no, it's not. He's not in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, Saving Private. No, Ryan. no. I'm. So, I'm sorry. One actor from each of these movies is in. I think another I, movie. I, we've done. I, I explained oh, this wrong. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, I explained it wrong. Oh, okay. Oh wow. Okay. So it's a so conglomerate, Kevin. Say Bacon. it again. Um, so, so we're so, we're we're guessing the movie and possibly the actors that we're thinking of in this case. Yes. Okay. okay. So, think about Lego this. Movie, Tombstone, Saving Private Ryan, and Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story. Hmm. What did we see with John C. Riley in it? Um, Licorice Pizza, but that's not <laughs> yeah, it. That's not <laughs> pizza. Barely in it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh goodness! Um, We're all thinking so, very yeah, hard. Sorry, I just I just uh, threw a bunch of dead air into the podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is known as easily edited. <laughs> Only don't because up. that was really funny. <laughs> and if you want, and then if you want a hint, I'll tell you one of the actors from one of the movies. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll say. Uh, these are all giveaways. Well, the Lego movie was Elizabeth Banks. Uh, oh, Slither. Yes. Oh. Uh, so, oh. All right, so Tombstone, so, what do you got? Uh, Greg Tomb- Henry? No. No. Um, uh, Michael uh, Rooker. Yes. Oh, what about okay. Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> yeah, what about Saving Private Ryan? Yeah, I don't get Private that. Ryan to Slither? I don't know if a lot of people know this actor's in the movie, but he is. He has a very memorable scene. In Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A very short but memorable scene. He's, he's barely in it. Is Probably that... Nathan Fillion. If yes, it's yeah. Nathan Fillion. Oh! Really? Where's <laughs> yeah. Nathan Fillion in uh, Saving Private Ryan? He's the, he's the, the wrong Ryan they find first. And oh. it turns out his oh. brothers are all children. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And then wow. Walk Hard is uh, Jenna Fisher. Okay. Okay, There's I would not... not have gotten that. One. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that was hard. That was yeah. I, 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 I didn't know it was going to be that hard. <laughs> These things are all obvious when you build them, and then they are not obvious for other people. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still fun. That's true. No, that was great. Um, yeah, that, yeah. that was a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> we have, yeah, uh, we have, have time another? for one more. All right, we can do one more. This one maybe will be a little bit easier. I don't know. No, no. All right, Escape from New York. Get Shorty. Pete's Dragon, the original, and Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Oh. Angela Lansbury from Bed Knobs and Broomsticks would be yes. Um, Don't know that we've done any Lansbury. Like we've done any no. Lansbury movies. Let's see. I wonder if one of the kids. Uh, or, 
Uh, what's what, the other? What, who's, what were those first two again? Who's the other lead? Uh, Escape from New York, Get Shorty, the original Pete's Dragon. Also, I didn't know this person was in Pete's Dragon. I had to look it up. And then Bed Dumps and Broomstick. Love Bed Dumps. Yeah, that's yeah, an yeah, old, old movie, though. Hey. So maybe a child star. Or the uh, the other lead who, you know, Mr. Mr. Banks Wait. from... Yeah, Mr. Poppins. Banks. I, I can't remember his name. I can't remember it either. His... Well, <laughs> there's no chance they all did voices for the My Little Pony movie, is there? I don't I just, think oh, so. Probably not. No. Probably not. That would be a sneaky oh, thing to do, ooh, though. The straight story. No. Oh. No? Shit. No. <laughs> Unless these actors also were in straight story. Well, no, Harry Dean Stanton possible. was in Escape from New York, and that was yeah. the only one that I could cross over directly there. <laughs> and I can't think of which of these actors I could tell you which wouldn't be a giveaway. Well, judging by our previous answers, I don't, I don't think one yeah, wouldn't be a giveaway. <laughs> okay. So I'll say for Bedknobs and Broomsticks, it was Roddy McDowell. Oh. Oh, what have we done with Roddy hmm. McDowell? We never covered Legend of Hell House. That's the only thing that jumps to mind directly. Or Fright Night or oh, Planet God. of the Apes. Or Fright I Night. I love or all Planet of those. Of the Apes. Oh, what else? Poseidon Adventure. Adventure. Yes. Yes. Oh. yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. So who do you oh, think yeah. was so who was in Escape from New York? Um uh, Ernest Borgnine. Yep. Get shorty. Angela Lan- Angela. Gene Hackman. And yeah. what about Pete's Dragon? I didn't know this one. I don't know the cast of Pete's Dragon. No. Apparently, Shelley Winters is in Pete's Dragon. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Oh, okay. According to IMDb. I, I mean, I, obviously, Wait, I cheated and looked all these does up. She, does she play the adoptive mom? I barely, barely remember any part of Pete's Dragon. <laughs> yeah. The remake wasn't bad, actually. Yeah. I've heard that, but I We keep seen talking it. about it. We keep talking about that it. just because it was Lowry, and I'm interested now. I feel like I saw it. It but... was David Lowry? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. The Green Knight David Lowry? Green yes. Knight David Lowry. Oh. We talked about this a few weeks back. I must have forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> See how shit Welcome slide to my world. Your... Welcome to adulthood. Shit yeah. just slides out of your brain and you don't know why. It's yeah. awesome. I feel like somebody I feel like somebody should edit Pete's Dragon with the Green Knight and have <laughs> have a grand quest to kill the, the dragon. Oh Okay. Wow. Well no. and he doesn't succeed. How's that? <laughs> oh yeah, I hope. Not. A grand quest in which he's eaten by the dragon. How's that? <laughs> Okay. Actually, I could see how you would cut in the flaming um, crown, then. Um. <laughs> yeah, that way. <laughs> All right. Well, why, why don't we go ahead and take our break? Uh, we will be right back. back. Uh, next up, we'll be talking about Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro's latest, which is film noir about Stanton Carlyle going to any lengths to satiate his ego. Uh, this was on my pile, and I've been excited to see it ever since I saw that first trailer, which we already discussed. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It, ga- it, sorry. Gave a, uh, it gave a much different uh, impression of what this film was going to be, it, so it was not what I expected at all. Um, I did, it was a lot straighter than I thought it was going to be. It was a very classical mm-hmm. film in a lot of ways, and uh, mm-hmm. I did not expect that going into it. I thought it was going to be a bizarre, uh, mind-bendy uh, uh, horror film, and uh, it's definitely not. It's, uh, well, it's, a, it's a noir. It's a, it's a film noir, and it's, it's shot in a classic Hollywood style that, uh, that I miss a lot and I loved seeing. I mean, it's based on a well, novel, you... right? And it was made in the 40s yeah. as a movie, too. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, done in 47. Yeah. Yeah, you expected a, you expected a Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro movie, and it is not that based on our definition of Guillermo del Toro up to this point, in that this is the first time we've had a movie without a supernatural or alien monster in it. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Well, I mean, in, in this in this case, it was riffing on the credulity of the supernatural in some of the characters. Uh, so it's I, it's, I it's actually... super it's supernatural adjacent, but it's about the supernatural as a con. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I would absolutely say that. But I'd also say that if you were to pick out, you know, Shape of Water was about the Gill Man, 
um, Hellboy was about Hellboy, Kronos was about vampires. This, at its essence, is about the circus geek, <laughs> which yes. is sort of a monster, but not a supernatural one per se. And much of my experience of this film, I did not see the trailer, so I was not misled by that. I was misled by the fact that I knew I was going to see a Guillermo del Toro movie. And absolutely loved it. I'm not gonna not gonna hide that in any way, shape, or form. But I loved it. Be- the only thing that knowing it was Guillermo del Toro did for me in watching this film was in setting an expectation that was then thwarted. So I did not know where the story was going at any given point in time, and that is an incredibly rare thing for me. I did not catch what the movie was about until he woke up on the boxcar in the last 10 minutes of the film. Really? I, I was really? like, I... like the minute he met Kate Blanchett, I'm like, hey, he's totally going to be a geek. I also didn't know what it was about. Didn't see the trailer. The, the moment Defoe explained the geek, I'm like, oh, he's the geek. I thought, in fact, I thought this was going to be a much different movie. I thought this was going to be like a Wicker Man Midsummer situation where he gets, he's the sacrificial geek. He's going to get indoctrinated they're going to turn him into the geek over the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was going to leave. Even after he left, I thought, after he started drinking, I was like, okay, definitely the geek. But is wow. Defoe still pulling the strings? Is the circus still pulling the strings and making all this yeah. happen? Which was not the case. But that's about 20 minutes, and 20, 30 minutes in the movie. That's where I thought the movie was going. Wow. And even when it went into a different direction, I was still like suspecting. And then it, they brought it all the way back. You know, if it, anybody it, was it, pulling the strings, it was Enoch. <laughs> the pickled punk. Ooh, well, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the yeah they did keep on like cutting back to, to that. Devil, yeah, the subtle <laughs> reference to Devil's Backbone. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, okay, then I I was the one who was completely taken in by the con of the film. Then, so um, I I don't I don't set into films like this trying to figure them out before they get to the end. But oh, I find that neither. so many of them telegraph it so badly. And th- in this case, it got me. I absolutely did not know where the story was going at any given point in time. I had like, oh, I know where this is going. Oh, we're not going that direction. Oh, I know where this is. No, we're not going that direction. Yeah, you keep expecting it to be a horror movie, and it's really not a horror movie. I kept expecting some iota of the supernatural to sneak in there because it was Guillermo del Toro, and that that might have contributed to my enjoyment in not realizing where the story was going and just being able to experience it. Xena might have been had some power. I mean... Her cards were right every time, and she did. Yeah, I'm just saying it. It's yeah, possible. but at, at the same point, they diffused that by him pointing out. He says the, there are no bad cards; it's all in how you use them. There, fixed True. it. So he, <laughs> yeah, except he well, really he didn't. turned it no, over, no, which didn't. Didn't, you know. Well, that's that's also from someone who thought he could fix his own fate in a really lose lose situation, which he should have recognized. Worst, as worst plan ever. Worst, worst plan, plan ever. ever. Yeah. Oh my God. Seriously, what did he think was going to happen? <laughs> I, I was so... Well, he thought he was never, better than... Sorry. I, yeah, never con the unstable. Go on. I, was, I was extremely nervous for Molly the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we were a little worried, too. We no. were scared she was the gizmo. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Notably, she ended up uh, uh, because of the, the uh, diktats of the production code in the in the forties. Uh, she ended up uh, getting him out of geekdom at uh, the end of the nineteen forty seven version. Apparently, I've read wow. up on this yeah. uh, subsequently. Mm. This was not a thing that happened in the novel, and Lord knows it was not a thing that happened in this movie. <laughs> and if you want to see that nineteen forty seven one, I believe it's on Hulu, and I think it's on HBO Max, and it's on one other service i can't remember but Same but it title? is mm-hmm. uh, yes. that i don't think is yes it? yes it is okay well that that was the thing that uh when i saw the trailer it's like it looked like a horror movie it's like nightmare alley nightmare alley where have i heard nightmare oh it's the story that taught everybody what a geek is mm-hmm. uh, at least to at least who knew so i actually did know a bit of the background just from uh my, my friend lou allen having explained to me what a geek was back to the day back in the day as well as uh harlan ellison having uh explained how a geek comes about uh at one point uh in uh, the story about the time that he too ran off to the circus and the circus ended up leaving town after they got busted with only him as a runaway and the geek in the local uh, in uh, the local jail Ooh, the geek so did not. Funny. The geek did not react well to being in the local jail or being that far away from his hooch for that long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, and I've known what it was since 
like the 80s. I, I don't know. I mean, and now like the nerd dumb are all like geek. It's like a power word. It's yeah, no, I don't are. use that like, word no, to describe gosh, No, do you bite <laughs> the heads off chickens? No, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> these, these, are the same, these are the same folks who decided to take back the term freak from the free, Todd Browning's freaks term. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I like dork or wonk. I'm pretty good with both of those. <laughs> I don't you know, care. That I hate that connotation that, you know, hey, just because you're a little odd, you might, like, you know, bite the heads off chicken. <laughs> maybe. Throw that out maybe. there. <laughs> no, but this does make me want to go back and see the original, uh, which mm-hmm. uh, uh, apparently, uh, having read up on the background on this, uh, apparently Ron Perlman uh, gave uh, Del Toro a copy of the original novel when they were working on Kronos together. So this is something that, uh, that Del Toro has been wanting to do for a long, long time, which I'm going to have to freely account for. My initial reaction to this movie as I was watching it, and make no mistake, I loved it as well. Uh, my initial reaction reaction when we were watching it was, this is great. How in the hell does this movie exist? Mm. <laughs> Because the only way that I could account for it uh, existing was after, you know, Shape of Water or uh, some other, you know, incidental success. Somebody uh, went to uh, Del Toro and said, make whatever you want. And this was what he wanted to make. Mm. Because I certainly can't imagine anybody at a studio bringing it to him. Yeah. Uh, I can't (laughs) imagine anyone at a studio, frankly, thinking it was a particularly good idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, especially not in the present climate. But it is um, it is absolutely in his wheelhouse. It being it is absolutely in his oh, wheelhouse. Yeah. It being circulating around the the circus world and the the sideshow world and oh, kind no, of no, things no. that are absolutely Del Toro's realm. Yeah, none of this constitutes in any way a criticism yeah, yeah. of the film. Uh, it's just it, it it is it is an extraordinary and ultimately ephemeral thing and the doubtless the result of an extraordinary collection of circumstances that account for the fact that the movie even exists in the first place. In a roundabout fashion, it get, gives me hope that maybe this isn't the dark, darkest timeline after all. <laughs> it's so good that I have recommended it to three people already. Oh. So, and, and we just watched it, started watching it last and, night and finished and it today. And you're not even so. a noir junkie. No, no, it's, just that great it really is um yeah it's got some disturbing stuff but hey no kids are harmed and uh i don't think there are any kids in it and uh it's just it's just so good and it kind of feels like everybody gets what they deserve Uh, you know um except maybe the uh well i mean aside from uh, a little bit of an extra gravelly voice uh Kate Blanchett's Auntie Lauren Bacall, I kept yeah. calling her while we were watching the thing. You, you uh, felt like she didn't get what... I, honestly, I think she was so tortured. Hey, you know, actually, that's something I want to talk about. That was the one thing that bothered me. Why was she so dead set against Stanton? Uh, why did she want to take him down? Was it because it was... of the... The, the reading that she, he gave her the, at their first meeting in that club, in the Copacabana? Yeah. Or what? Yeah, it was revenge. Uh, it was revenge. Also, <laughs> I think she was expecting him to be a con up to her caliber, and she was disappointed in him for being mm. that fucking basic. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I think this was all just an egotistical uh, revenge for calling her on her shit during his performance because he was yeah. he was a vindictive petty little shit when he did have her number to whatever degree he had it but he only said like two sentences yes but it was her. it was how he said them it, it the was movie in front of a, so many people yeah. too the movie is yeah. a study of dueling egos mm-hmm. um, oh, as much as anything okay else. i'll go with that yeah, which doesn't even happen until the second half. You know, the first half, aside from me assuming he's going to become a geek at the circus, I loved that the first half was just circus stuff with no real story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love and the no clowns. Out. Yeah, I love that they, they taught him how all these scams work, or how he, uh, what mm-hmm. was a scam? The, uh, how, he, how he learned to be a mentalist, basically. How they explained mm-hmm. the codes and stuff like that. I just kind of love the, it was almost like a slice of life for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, for almost an I, hour. This makes me want to hunt up the novel because apparently there is an incredible amount of stuff in the novel that has uh, been adapted in neither film version. Uh, as Del Toro himself apparently said, uh, you know, the novel is a saga. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, no, this this makes me want to look this up. But 
the only the and you... the only thing I would register as a slight criticism of it was in the character of the 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 magnate that he kills at the end, where the very wonderful and in this case deeply hissable Richard Jenkins. Yes, yeah. <laughs> who's usually so likable. He's such Playing a kind a face, def- kind I mean, manner. Yeah, I mean, consider the role that he played in The Shape of Water. I just he was so nice. It, yes, he was so nice. But in this you one, I actually I felt that his risable nature was a little bit too compressed in order to justify getting beaten to death at the hands of our well, hero isn't really the term for it. Well, but uh, to well, to sort of justify his crimes, considering his crimes though. Reveal. But the, that's yeah. the thing. I, yeah, the I crimes, don't feel like the crimes that were described were sort of tossed out there at the end that he's hurt so many women. And then suddenly our hero, who has been utterly callous in pretty much all respects up to this point, turns... Gets utterly destroyed by the one moment of arguable decency he shows in the entire picture. No, that's not true. Mm-hmm. I The way I saw it, well, I mean, it could be true, but I mean, hey, the way I read mm-hmm. it was, uh, he, the guy said all these things, mm-hmm. and then the ruse was up, and he was upset that he didn't win he didn't he he didn't complete his his con and because of that he is all fury he is like this didn't work and fuck yeah he he also knows he's in mortal danger he's been threatened by the man he knows if he doesn't Mm -hmm. kill him he's if he doesn't kill richard jenkins richard jenkins is gonna have him killed and he knows he has that yep. guy played very by Holt, the very the always yeah. wonderful Holt McCallany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he knows that guy's waiting in the wing. I've never actually heard how to pronounce it, but I I love him, love that guy in every freaking movie I've ever seen him, going all the way back to Alien Three. Yeah. He's amazing yeah. in Mindhunter. He's amazing Bill in Tenet. Mindhunter. Yeah. He's amazing in uh, David Toohey and Darren Aronofsky's Below. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's mm-hmm. actually really good in a little independent but fairly nifty movie that came out a couple of years ago called Beyond White Space, which I can see him taking just because it was that rare opportunity for him to play a lead. Mm-hmm. He's one of those that guys that I am always overjoyed to see. And if he threatens you, you have been threatened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this this may be a case then me of me uh, misreading the character motivation in the in the killing there because. The brutality with which he decides to execute this this magnate that he has been trying to con at the end of it, I didn't think bespoke a, the jig is up and I gotta cover my tracks, I didn't think it bespoke a, how dare you not be conned by me, I thought it was a very sudden turn based on his brief confession to having done something nebulous somewhere else which is why i thought I, it was I too much a of combination a i think it was sort of like he was convincing himself this guy's a criminal he killed women mm-hmm. and he yo know, and he beat me at my own game boom boom okay. <laughs> you know? okay. i mean i, I think he that. was like uh, justifying uh, like I, said, I think i definitely got it from the from the expression on cooper's face as he was talking about hurting the women mm-hmm. in that moment where even yeah. it, it, it 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 reminded me a tiny bit of uh, S. Craig Zoller's Dragged Across Concrete, which is a movie about two Mm -hmm. unbelievably horrible cops uh, played by Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn. Wonderfully, (laughs) by the way. Who run into something that's even more horrible than they are and have that moment of fundamental moral revulsion. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that was... That was where I felt it, it was pushing just a little too far because I did read it that way. I in the in the look on his face at that confession, it felt a little too engineered. But again, I maybe I'm misreading it. Maybe I, I see that, I mean, but I, 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 I kind of pro- think you're right because I feel like that might have he like might have been like gearing himself up, okay. like you know, like oh oh this okay this guy is bad. Oh, get, it's okay if I take him and, out and not yeah, worry about. Yeah, I it. feel oh, fine well, about this. Well, I watched um I watched this uh, show on Netflix, uh, the worst roommate ever. <sighs> Uh, I did too. It's so good. It's so good. I overheard but, uh, some of it. <laughs> there, there was an episode about this guy Yosef, uh, who would con people, and that's all he ever did was con people. And when his con eventually ran out, he would try to kill them. Yeah. Uh, he would just grab a stick. Uh, he had no plan at that point. He would just grab a stick and try to beat him over the head and kill them as quickly as possible. And he failed twice. 
twice uh, the same this exact same thing too but it reminds me uh, it reminds me of of uh carlisle in in that i really think uh he was he is similar uh, in that re- regard uh, and we've also established that he killed his own father so we yeah. know he's capable yeah. of, of murder he's capable of these cold-blooded crimes if, if, if the situation arises the, and the he one, can justify it i think too i think he the well, one I mean, question I had was, I don't understand how his nose fell off. Oh, I, no, he punched it in. He punched he it in? He punched yeah. it into, yeah. Consider the last just Boy Scout. Smashed it in. <laughs> I guess. I just don't, I don't know if it would be that gruesome. Like, the nose wouldn't be gone entirely, as far as I know. I don't know if he smashed it in. And then, of course, he was pulling Wait, teeth uh, out of his knuckles. Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. we saw it pretty large. It looked Our like it was bones. just caved right up in there. Can you do yeah. that with your fist? It takes well, a lot. Yes. As I say, the la- consider the last Boy Scout. No, it's also uh, a movie. It's not. Both of these are movies. I felt it, it was maybe a little overly grisly just because it's Guillermo del Toro and he's kind of expected to do that. And it, it I, I found it a little bit of a turnoff. It's my well, one criticism. I'm, yeah, I mean, it was really grisly. Mm-hmm. Those five minutes were like, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Of course, the chicken head biting, I did just say, I'm not watching. There, yeah. there wasn't I hate chickens. Say. I hate there them, wasn't. but I just couldn't. I chickens couldn't are watch. naturally vile creatures. So. Yeah, they're gross. <laughs> Dirty they yard are the birds. Worst. Yeah. If you've ever lived around chickens, you will know those things are horrifying. <laughs> I mean, we had cats that would catch mice. They would steal the mice from the cats, the chickens would. Mm-hmm. And eat them and tear them apart. Yeah. Oh. And fight over them. And blood all over the chicken. Oh, God, they're vile. They taste great, though. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm still curious about that. I, 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 someday. Just like pork. <laughs> I mean, Just like pork. Can, can, can long pig. So- Talk a little bit about the absolutely stacked cast. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good been, yeah. oh, my, oh, my word. Like, even mean, in like like two scene roles, you get Tony Collette, you got Willem Dafoe, you have Clifford, Clifton Collins. This is who, a movie what is he doing where, there? This is a movie where Stephen McHattie turns up as hobo number one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, the well keep. The, I mean, it, you, the, it first turns up as like, oh, it's a oh, 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 get. He's in this? Good. Oh. <laughs> Just, and, and they keep surprising you up until, you know, Richard Jenkins turning up, uh, Holt McCallany turning up. Like I say, last minute, Stephen McCaddy, good Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the voice of Canadian genre cinema. <laughs> yeah, Tony Collette oh, in this. Oh, God, mm-hmm. I loved her. I loved her more than Kate Blanchett uh, because she just has so much more depth to her character it was there was so much more i mean okay so death of pete do you think it was an accident zena no i think zena no. asked i think she oh, asked stanton no. to get the wrong no, no, I think oh I no think so. yes watch after when when after when he's about to leave there is a I cannot remember the exact thing, but it seemed to me it's like you can was keep it. Like, you've earned it. <laughs> yep, you 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 did what I needed you to do. Thanks. I don't I I don't because know she if I what did she do? Like she knew him like five minutes, as, and she was like grabbing him by the handle. I took I mean, that as a kind of I know what you did, and I'm not going to tell anybody. Kind of. I think I got it was more like her. I know what you did, but and thanks. I took I took it. That's as, all I needed. I took it as her acknowledging that he had been conning all the tricks out of Pete over this time. Not conning, but, mm. you know, cozying up to the family in order to get all of the family secrets and get away with, you know, the all of the he... grifter tricks. Yeah, but he... I mean, she loved Pete, but he was really kind of fucking up her act and causing trouble, and she wasn't, you know, particularly loyal to him because, you know, Bradley Cooper's... Blue, blue eyes. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, no, like I, I said, mean, the, uh, she but, didn't but, know him five minutes before Yeah, she yeah. was like you doing know, stuff to him. Handy in the tub. Mm-hmm. Uh, handy in the tub. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, you know, the, the, the cast in this, in, in this movie is absolutely, absolutely staggering from top to bottom. 
and mm-hmm. you know it keeps surprising you with who else they manage to slip into the thing. I mean, not just longtime collaborators like uh, Defoe, but I mean, good lord, Rooney Mara is possibly the most genuinely sweet and nice and unnuanced character I think I've ever seen Rooney Mara play. Mm-hmm. This is the only movie I, I can mm-hmm. recall where she smiles. <laughs> and that, yeah, that, that took a like, while. Like at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong, re- fantastic actress. It's just, the, 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 this is kind of the, uh, the, the, the most... Uh, and she and she does a very good job at it. It turns out she has a very nice smile. I hate to kind of lean into that particular uh, sort of obnoxious cultural trope, but uh, but uh, no, she I mean, she she very effectively underplays a very sweet character who realizes from a very or very early point, or at least about the midpoint of the movie, that she is into a situation that is way over her head. <laughs> I mean, I thought she was good, but I I felt her character was a little bit underused. I mean, she was basically the girlfriend. Yeah. She's just yeah. kind of supporting him. Yeah, we kept being afraid that she was going to be the gizmo. I'm kind of glad that she was not yeah. the gizmo. Yeah. I mean, she has some good stuff going on with the the electrocution thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like she was Props to that under- visual. She was underused later. I mean, yeah. at that yeah. point when she was at the circus, she was alive and things were good. And when she left with Stanton, things kind of didn't go so well for her or she became you know, second banana or, you know, fourth banana well, or whatever. I mean, he, he was also verbally abusive to her, you know, Terribly. in the training, he would be like, oh, you screwed up as he's walking off stage, like, you know, while they're still doing the show. It's like, yeah, you And that didn't, that didn't yeah. take long to turn, did it? That was pretty much the next scene after they're driving off all lovey-dovey well, in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Like two they years. said, two, two years. years. Later. Two years. Two years, one scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I, I mean amusing yeah. uh, amu- well I say amusingly not exactly amusingly but apparently they shot all of the latter half of the movie first and then they had a long long COVID break before they did all of the earlier parts mm. of the movie oh. uh, so there is, there, there is not quite a two year divide there but there is you know, definitely a divide but ultimately it still ends up working just because all of the content is so fascinating and in the meantime we are anchored by Bradley Cooper who is doing the almost impossible which is playing a cipher we can stand to watch for two and a half hours. That at, <laughs> yeah. that at the end turns out to be not so much of a cipher, but an absolute bastard on every level. And, I mean, I knew he was bad news from the... To the point the... where even he realizes he's a bastard. Yeah. Yeah. And he was born to he be was a born geek. born to be a geek. <laughs> and, I mean, in the opening scene, uh, we know... Nobody ever dumps a body into the bottom of a shack and sets fire to the place because it's a yeah. good that was thing. Stupid. Yeah. And so we know he's he's a ne'er do well. We know something bad has happened here. Yeah, and then they spend a. Why would you gr- do that? A, why would you like bury it and then burn the body? Because then the Never building falls on the body and it bakes and there's a pretty good chance it's going to completely destroy the body and bury it for you. Or leave just enough remains that you're like, why? For the why forensics of the 1940. <laughs> no, that's true. They probably don't and give a he shit. Clearly, but he just fucking left hated it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he 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 said so explicitly. Yeah. You know, right at the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah, he just let yeah. the guy freeze to death. And yeah, of course, his yeah. own father. I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm sure there's you know, some motive of revenge there in burning everything, not just the practical reason, but, but just like, fuck you. The inter- well, the inter- no, I mean, I mean, I mean, the, 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 uh, Dr. Ritter, uh, Kate Blanchett absolutely had his number from the get go every bit as much as mm-hmm. she had, uh, as he had hers, mm-hmm. probably more so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously more so because she did in fact pull him in and con him in a long game. Um, but yep. I mean, we start out with that scene, which tells us this is a terrible person and then proceeds to charm us for an hour and 20 minutes before we get to the point, you know, we're watching him learn this cleverness, and, you know, he, he uses it to save the circus at one point when the locals all get all up in arms. And then... Jim Beaver. Yeah, and then he goes, yeah. then he goes off. Yes, Jim Beaver, exactly. Yeah. Then he goes off, and we start remembering <laughs> that, wait, wait, he was a terrible person, right? We don't know why, but he's a terrible person. And then by the time we get to the end, yeah, he was he was born to be a geek. I, I, I like that. I thought that was effective. No, that, I thought I'm that was really that nice. that was good. Yeah. Oh, you, you no, good. I, I, I'm just saying that the fact that Cooper could <laughs> pull it off yes. is an extraordinary typerope. Yes, type because robot. it's taking a character we've been told at the very start is bad, making us like him, and then turning him on us. And it's it's... It is a tightrope act from 
<laughs> from beginning to end. <laughs> and he does it very I, well. Sorry. I yeah, he's more like than just him. a pair of <laughs> you blue, like blue eyes. No, oh, I didn't like the character. I mean the character, yeah, not Bradley Cooper. I, no. That's what I figured you meant. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I, I did not like that character. He just seemed very uh, narcissistic and uh, yeah. uh, scummy to me, and I was just waiting for him to uh, to do something awful, and uh, that was Kill Pete. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I mean, that was the yeah. thing as much as anything else. I always say that. But the, the, the thing was, I wasn't watching him because I liked him. I wasn't... I, the, it, you're kind of forced to root for him just a little bit from moment to moment, but mm-hmm. fundamentally, it's just interested in one: what's he gonna do next? <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> and uh, two: you know, ultimately waiting for that reveal of you know what really is his deal. Well, the deal ultimately was not the most profound thing mm-hmm. in the world, and he had basically stated it explicitly about forty-five minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's you know that that that's fine. The point is, the guy has a soul. It's a bad soul, and he knows it's a bad soul, and that's why he so you know kind of uh, uh, understands where he's at at the end of the movie. And consigns himself to his own hell. Yeah, yeah, you know, deliberately because he knows damn well he deserves mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, it's a story about hubris. Yes, it, like I say, dueling egos, uh, but one ego in particular. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, uh, it, it is fascinating that it should be a movie, given that so many uh, Del Toro movies have banked so much on the likability of the characters as much as anything else, that this is a movie where the most likable character is played by Amara sister. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why don't Sorry. we go ahead and, and go into final thoughts on uh, Nightmare Alley, uh, if you have any. Beautiful, Stunningly beautiful, beautiful to look at, yeah. I got nominated for costume design. I think not costume design. Yes, but production it was design. costume design. Okay, actually, all, yeah. all those are cinematography, are, costume yeah. design. Um, no acting, but huh. but make, you know what? You know. Though the acting is top notch. The acting yeah. is top notch, but it's the serviceable kind of notch. There are no there are no showboats in this mm-hmm. movie. Not even Cooper. no no not because there are the so movie. many characters too. Yeah. I mean that yeah. that might have been part of you know, its, as, its issue. But I mean Bradley Cooper did a Great he did a job. fantastic job. At really the, I, good. I mean, I mean, he's not time, one of my favorite actors, and I was like the whole time just like, wow. Well, wow. That, well I mean, that's the the beauty part for a lead in this case is that he gave so much space to everyone mm-hmm. else he was working with, mm-hmm. but still managed to maintain attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. it, it is a remarkably generous ensemble because lots of people should be acting each other off the screen, but everybody makes the deliberate choice not to, just to work together. It's a beautifully mounted picture, uh, for, uh, especially from an acting standpoint, but basically in every conceivable way. The score by, uh, by Desplat is not the most memorable, but uh, certainly highly effective and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, agreeable to listen to. The visuals are sumptuous. <laughs> every yep. second of the screen, even the dirty stuff, looks remarkable. Remarkably dirty. Mm-hmm. Every <laughs> shadow and every highlight is just. No, cinematography yes! was absolutely one, yes! of the, uh, one of the nominations absolutely. that this should have received, and absolutely one of the ones that it got. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it is one of those things that I can see why it flopped. I can see why it flopped because it it, it is a movie for an adult audience, and especially tint, uh, leaning toward an older adult audience in a time when adults just aren't going to the cinemas. And at the same time, it was not particularly advertised. The fact that it got uh, such uh, critical acclaim, as well as the Oscar noms, I'd say is the victory lap that it probably deserved, but this movie was never going to make a dime in the cinema. Where do you think it's going to rest in Guillermo's uh, filmography? Is it destined to be forgotten because it is not a genre pick uh, in the the horror monster realm, but is instead wandering off into noir and uh, drama. No, I mean, like I say, for fans of neo neo noir movies, this is probably already a touchstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I feel confident that it, that it's going to hold up. It's not like I say the 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 ones that are go- going to jump immediately to people's mind, mm-hmm. but uh, it is one of those ones that I think will gain in reputation as time goes on. And, uh, and and as more people discover it on VOD and uh, and uh, on video, because Lord knows they missed it in the freaking theater. Well, uh, yeah, uh, let's let's leave on on that note that uh, 
people should see this movie. Mm-hmm. It's on HBO Max yep. and Hulu right now. Uh, it's readily available. We didn't, did, we didn't spoil it, did we? We spoiled it. Yeah, we totally yeah, we did. Every, yeah, we, totally we told everybody it. that that he was going to be the geek. But you know what? It doesn't even matter. It's so beautiful. You know, I, I pretty much got that from the beginning of the movie, but it's still fairly enthralling. You will yeah. there. There are very few mo- movies that I have liked this much that have so unlikable characters uh, all the way through. So I'm the only hey, one who was a... fooled. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> Maybe. And hey, it's well, the only I, circus I, I, movie I, I know I of without a clown. I did. So. I, I, yeah. I did want yep. to say, Matt, uh, I did not, it did not even occur to me that he was going to be the geek as I was watching the film. Cause I tried something different with this one. You, usually I take a whole shit ton of notes when we're watching movies, but this one, I just wanted to enjoy the film mm-hmm. and let it wash over me. And uh, that's how I watched it. No note taking, just watching the film. I turned off subtitles and turned the sound up so I could hear them and watched it as I would in a movie theater. And uh, I think it really added to the experience Um, and uh, not jumping ahead and trying to guess what's going on allowed me to to really enjoy the the film from moment to moment. I just wanted to bring that up briefly. It it is a sumptuous audiovisual experience aside from being an interesting narrative and an acting showcase. Mm-hmm. We should totally watch it sometime again, sweetie, without no, no knowing everything. We should yeah, definitely watch I'm, it again. Yeah, I'm curious to see uh, all of the hints and, and clues and setups yeah. and foreshadowing and stuff that apparently I missed the first time around. <laughs> oh. Do you have any other thoughts, Shane? No, I'm good. I think you guys covered enough. I mean, I love, I love the movie, even though I, you know, I figured out the ending. Not intentionally, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, the fact that he says Nightmare Alley in the monologue where he explains how a geek becomes a geek was mm-hmm. a little bit... He said it. He said the title of the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the game we play at home, whenever somebody says the title. Anyway. That, of course, special thanks to Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here on What's on the Pile. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at What's on the Pile. Uh, you can find us on YouTube under the Punch Bunny channel, uh, or you can visit our website, What's on the Pile.com. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs>